0: Chapter 9 of Mabel Ross, the Sewing Girl. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 9 Mabel's New Employer. By four o'clock on Saturday afternoon, Mabel was round at the Lake Street store with her dozen shirts neatly finished. Her employer scanned her work with a critical eye. Had his real thought been known, it must have shown him not only satisfied but much surprised, at the neatness and finish of the sewing, for he was one of the meanest of the class to which he belonged, and could not look for such work as was now presented him for the pay which he gave. He was careful, however, that no token of satisfaction displayed itself upon his countenance. "'I suppose you are content with my work?' said Mabel, her eyes fixed earnestly on the lowered features of the man. "'It will do!' was the reply, apparently reluctantly given. I never look for very good work. He opened the drawer of his counter and handed her out a fifty-cent note. You have made a mistake, said Mabel. You told me you paid a dollar a dozen for these shirts. A dollar to my regularly employed hands, but fifty cents only to one I don't know. Fifty cents won't do for me, said poor Mabel, emboldened by the necessity of her case. The price you named was a dollar, and I must have it. Fifty cents is all you will get,' said the hard man. "'You will take it or none.' There rushed over poor Mabel thoughts of her weary hours spent on those dozen shirts, and of her poor Lily needing what the withheld amount would procure her. In a sort of desperation, she made a bold move to right herself— summoning all the appearance of composure she could she lifted the dozen shirts which still lay on the counter you cannot have the shirts she said till you pay me the promised price what are you doing exclaimed the proprietor coming quickly from behind the counter put down my property or i'll have you arrested mabel had retired to the doorway the shirts still on her arm they are my property until you pay the promised price of my work, she replied in so sharp a tone as quite startled herself. My necessities do not permit me to be imposed upon. Pay me the dollar, or you will have more trouble than the sum is worth to you. It's you will have the trouble, rejoined the man. Give up my property, or you will get it. But the clear young eyes, with a temporary gleam of fierceness in them, were looking bravely and steadily into his own, and the craven quailed before them. "'Put down the shirts, and you will get the dollar,' he said, in a changed tone. "'I have no trust in you. Hand me the money first. He hastily produced a dollar note from his pocketbook, and with one hand extended it to Mabel, while with the other he caught the shirts from her arm. Mabel let them go and took the money mind you never come here again for work he cried as she hurried off there are plenty of girls in chicago who will work for one dollar or for fifty cents plenty of them mabel trembled so she could scarcely walk she was terrified at thought of what she had done terrified because one half minute before she entered the store just quitted she would not have believed it possible she could be driven so to act and speak the incident recalled her conversation of a night or two back with hilda and recalled it with grave concern how was it possible to mark out a line of conduct even for herself to follow unknowing what moment some unlooked-for emergency might necessitate a contrary course and if she could not mark such out for herself how much less could it be done for her sister whose impetuosity of character left her particularly open to sudden impressions mabel would gladly have returned directly home after the painful occurrence just mentioned but necessity did not permit this there was no work awaiting her at home and work must be procured her little store of money was melting away with a rapidity which made her painfully anxious for coming days for despite her cheerful hopefulness of temper there was too much depending on her individual efforts for the burden not to press sorely upon her she gave as little expression to such anxieties as possible, wishing to uphold the hopes of others, even at the moment of her own greatest inquietude. But the picture of the little sister, confided to her care by a dying mother, was ever before her. That child now, by accident, brought to a condition of helplessness and suffering pitiable to see. This patient child, to be deprived of the few comforts life yet held for her? There was distraction in the thought for Mabel. It was this desire to give all the solace in her power to Lily which kept her firm in the resolve to remain at home with her, for her very presence was a comfort to the little sufferer. It was not only that the child clung to her with an affection and reliance she felt toward no other, but that the various attentions needed for the little girl's well-doing could not efficiently be rendered by the only substitute presented for mabel herself hilda had no intuitive capacity for nursing and was too hasty and impatient to acquire the ability a profound wonder to her were those easy and efficient movements of mabel's by which the latter contrived to procure her little patient some change of position that while it effectually relieved present weariness brought no after distress for hilda herself could scarcely touch the child without causing her serious inconvenience and her consciousness of this inability rendered her yet more incompetent "'Mabel visited several clothing establishments seeking for work, and finally succeeded in procuring two dozen shirts, of the sort she had recently done, and on somewhat better terms—that is, one dollar a dozen, but with the thread furnished her. Considering herself, after her recent difficulties, fortunate to procure even these, she hastened home to relieve the neighbors who had obligingly remained with Lily during her absence.' What did the new man say to your work, Mabel dear? inquired the little girl soon as they were alone together. He said it would do, my darling. Mabel was preparing to sit down to her sewing machine with her new invoice of flannels and answered the question with a cheerfulness which conveyed no impression of the distress she had suffered since leaving home. Is that all? rejoined Lily in a disappointed tone. Didn't he say it was neat and pretty? No, dear Lily, but no doubt he thought so, for I took pains to do it well. And did he pay you a bigger price? I heard you tell Hilda you thought he would. No, darling, he only paid me what he promised. But I have these others from a better man, and shall go to him no more. I'm glad you found a better man, Mabel and now just please move the pillows a little bit so i can see you better as you sew i'm so glad you're home again and with plenty of work ah with a sigh of relief as the change of position was made i'm in for a nice time now mabel dear with you home and the sewing machine going click click the way i love hilda was not so easily put off with replies as little lily had been when upon returning home she plied mabel with questions concerning her success with her lake street employer i can see that you have had just the sort of time with that old sharper that i expected she said i had heard plenty of him but wouldn't tell you because you'd already got his work i wouldn't say anything about your putting such fine work on his old flannels neither because i saw you were giving him such a fair chance to act decently if he had it in him but he hasn't he's a mean contemptible soulless creature to make a difficulty about giving you the pay he had promised when such work as yours had never seen the inside of his store before for i can tell you girls don't kill themselves taking pains for such prices as he pays but what does he care the things hold together till they're sold and he has his profit off of them and that is all he looks to mabel went on steadily at her shirts for a week working into the night hours as she had done on the first when saturday came round again she was engaged on a new supply having a day or two before taken home the first two dozen mrs lemming had permitted minnie to come to her sisters a little more frequently since the illness of lily and upon each saturday afternoon she made her appearance to remain until the supper hour. A sad pleasure it was to the kind-hearted girl to devote these hours to the entertainment of her suffering little sister, and she never failed to bring with her some trifle calculated to amuse the child. Very grateful was Lily for these attentions, not only for the temporary relief they afforded her weariness, but from the proof they gave her that Minnie had thought of her when away. Upon the Saturday just mentioned above, she sat by Lily's bed, amusing her with some newly brought toy, while Mabel plied her sewing machine near at hand. By and by, Hilda returned home, and soon got into conversation with Mabel. I have something to propose to you, Hilda, Mabel said. Something I have been thinking over in my own mind for this week past. I can barely make four shillings a day at shirts, and but little more at pantaloons. Now, if i understood vest-making i could get so much more than this that in consideration of increasing expenses through the coming winter and the little i had laid by being almost gone it seems to me it would be well for me to learn what do you think of it it would take you weeks to learn mabel and what would you do for a living in the meanwhile it would take me three weeks only replied mabel i have known more than one who learned in that time the three weeks would be a loss to be sure and more than that as i shall have to pay something to learn but i am then insured a business that while i have health to make long days at it will keep us from want at least still mabel where is the money to live on for those three weeks and to pay for learning i will sell something hilda or pawn something Hilda opened her eyes very wide. What is there we can spare? she said, looking around the scantily furnished rooms. There are one or two things we could do without, replied Mabel. The bureau and settee, for example, and if they will not bring enough, I mean the sale of them, there is something I could pawn. I should be sorry to do it. I hope not to be forced to it but we may hereafter be obliged to make greater sacrifices if we don't make this now hilda looked hard at mabel again what had they the mere pawning of which would bring so much money as was needed for that more than loss of three weeks of mabel's sewing one thing only and hilda's eyes turned uneasily from her sister's face to a point just above the head of lily's bed where hung the gold watch which had belonged to both their parents the look was enough the look and the meeting of the eyes that followed it no word needed to be spoken hilda sank into silence while mabel plied yet more busily her sewing-machine i wish i had a grain of sense to help you said hilda at length under depression of that humble estimate of herself which at times beset her but i haven't i'm a mere child where any judgment is concerned i think differently returned mabel and that is the reason i consult you two heads are better than one hilda even if one does happen sometimes to think a little too fast you're putting the best face on my failings as you always do mabel it's provoking that the only wits i have are just the sort that can be turned to no account in the time of need those inside eyes of yours hilda can they not be put to outside work for this emergency mabel spoke in something of forced playfulness but hilda's reply was given in all gravity no they're for a different sort of work they're to see close into things meant to be hid while what you want is a pair of experienced sharp peepers that can look a long way ahead and take count of all the probables and improbables that may turn up still hilda do your best to aid me in the difficulty if your opinion agrees with my own i shall be better satisfied as to the course i take hilda was silent for something like a minute she appeared to be gravely reflecting and from time to time stole hasty glances in the direction of the watch. "'If you leave it to me,' she then said, "'I decide, in favor of the vest-making. Cost us what sacrifice it may. Expenses now are above what we both together can make, and when constant fires have to be kept, as they soon will be, we shall be getting into debt, which I've heard you say hundreds of times is the worst thing we could do.' When you have once learned the vest making, you will be able to make enough to keep us out of that, at least. Your conclusion is a good one, replied Mabel, and agrees entirely with my own. By Wednesday evening, I shall have this last dozen shirts finished, and I will then bring home no more. End of chapter 9